Previously on Here There Be. I'm, I'm Meredith. I'm looking for my dog. Oh, I, I'm, I'm Jasper. The whispers of bone. The murmurs of people long dead. That was magic. All right, Mary will be along in a moment. He's my squire. She stops talking in the middle of a sentence. Oh, this one's bland. So what would you do if this happened more often? Or you'd get a witch finder in. seven murals in the Kybrin Temple of Freya. Viewed in order, they tell her story. The first mural is to the right of the main entrance. It depicts Freya floating against a starry night sky. Her arms are down by her sides, the palms facing outwards, and she radiates light. A beam of sunlight falls across this mural and the figure sitting beneath it. Meredith sits cross-legged, deep in meditation. Unbeknownst to anyone around them, they are not fully present in the temple. Their awareness extends past their immediate surroundings and covers the city. They are looking for one thing. Undead. A dead horse doesn't just randomly come back to life. There is something happening in Kybrin, and Meredith wants to find out what. Their search is fruitless, however. After a minute or so of quiet meditation, they cannot sense any undead within the city. Meredith, when you open your eyes, you see someone sitting directly in front of you. Oh, bother. It's a young gnome girl, maybe four years old. You can guess who this is. Melmere mentions that he and his husband, Wilden, had a daughter. Her name is Tilly, and she often spends time in the temple when Melmere and Wilden are busy. She's staring at you without blinking, and looks kind of bored. Hello? She does not answer and continues to stare. Meredith, like, waves in front of her. Again, no response, but she looks a little unimpressed. Oh, um, what's your name? Again, no answer. Oh, Meredith stands up. She watches you stand up. Meredith walks behind her. She swivels around. She she shuffles around to face you. Great. Do you understand? She kind of... She raises her eyebrows and looks even more unimpressed. Now, Meredith's gonna use the language skills. Ooh. <laughs> and going to speak some... Gnomish. What do you say? Well, I can only speak it half fluent. Oh yeah, you're you're, you're <laughs> only you're only partially fluent. I remember. Should I roll how well? Should I roll how well? Tell me what you want to say first, and then we'll roll. Uh, I want to say how are you today. 
okay okay that's that's easy okay. it's easy enough to mm-hmm. ask how are you that's that's okay. pretty basic stuff you can ask that that's fine yes she doesn't answer mm, meredith starts walking around this kid <laughs> are you just doing circles around her yeah okay she she keep watch she, she she's still watching you and then meredith runs off <laughs> oh where are you running off to to hide behind like a wall or something uh, like hide and you, you, you could okay okay <laughs> you could you could hide behind part of the p- pavilion in the center of the temple yeah okay and i kind of look if she's following she stood up by this point <laughs> and she's still looking over at you she doesn't look like she's gonna join in but she's she seems curious about why you suddenly got up and ran away. Okay. Uh, well, so Meredith's like waving at this kid. <laughs> no response from the kid. And she walks off. Oh, onions. She doesn't seem interested in you anymore. Meredith's a bit disappointed and confused. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jasper is sitting on the floor of a fairly barren room, tinkering on something. He's surrounded by cobbled-together contraptions, and there's a small pile of scrap metal in the corner, which he did eventually get around to collecting the previous day. Jasper, when you arrived home yesterday, it was to find Werther in a state of mild panic. It seems that she has no recollection of sending you out to fetch scrap metal, and had no idea where you were for so long. Oh, that's uh, worrying. Okay. Um, obviously, I, I just say I'm sorry, and uh, yeah, just make sure she's all right. You manage to calm her down, but she doesn't see. She doesn't understand why you left so suddenly and without telling her. Why don't you tell us what you're working on right now? Uh, I am working on a few contraptions to help us find this uh, dog that Meredith is looking for. So hopefully um, they will help us. I doubt it, but they hopefully. (laughs) You feel something curl around your ankle and look down to see flowers. Small white flowers with long and slender stems. The name of the plant comes to you automatically, chickweed, although you have no idea how you know it. The floor around you is covered in these plants. As you stare at them, you see that they're growing rapidly before your very eyes. They've formed a thick mat of greenery beneath you, and as you watch, they extend away from you in a path that leads to the door of the house. Um, Jasper obviously confused by these um, flowers that have now uh, spawned everywhere, is going to go to the door where they lead. Do you just stand staring at the closed door? Oh, obviously, like, seeing if they go underneath it and open it. Oh, yes, yes, they go underneath (laughs) it. Then he's going to open the door. The chickweed continues down its path into the middle of the street and continues continues all the way down the street as far as you can see 
Jasper's going to close the door and just follow this trail. This episode, I have a trailer for another podcast to play for you. Queer Dungeoneers is an actual play Dungeon World podcast. I've listened to a few of their episodes and I love it. It's so funny and there's a whole bunch of shenanigans going on. So enjoy. When we started this journey, I was just a dropout from the College of Arcanists. Some girl who could turn into animals. A pickpocket looking for answers. I was a swan. But along the way, I found hope. Love. Family. I found out I can turn into a giant worm. Okay, look, Signana, I... What? He's right. But it's really not fitting in with the tone of what we're going for here. I mean, we're all talking about the... Queer Dungeoneers, an actual play podcast about being who you are by being someone different. I can turn into a worm. Oh, forget it. You can find them on Twitter at Queer Dungeons. If you enjoy our show, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes. It's one of the best ways to support us and spread the word about the show. We also love hearing from you, so please come find us on social media and say hi. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at HearThereBeCast. Our next episode is coming out on the 24th of February. See you then. The chickweed leads you down the middle of the street, although no one else seems to pay it any attention as though flowers sprouting rapidly from nowhere is a mundane enough occurrence to be ignored. You are led to the gate of the Temple of Freya graveyard, where the chickweed finally stops. There are two people inside the graveyard, and judging by their plate armour, they're knights. They're quite a distance away from you at the moment, so you could make it inside without, uh, passing too closely by them. Yeah, Jasper's gonna do that. Jasper's gonna just sneak past and go back into the temple. Okay. Meredith, the temple door opens and you see Jasper entering. Or who you assume is Jasper. He's up in his uh, weird get-up-again way. His entire face and body is covered. Jasper. Oh. Hello. You've come. I, uh... I didn't realise you were here. Uh... Did you see those, uh... Those flowers growing outside? Flowers? Yeah, there's there's a whole like line of flowers across that street. Show me? I uh, take Meredith to uh, the trail. He brings you to the gate of the graveyard and you see nothing. Jasper, you don't see anything either. The chickweed has disappeared. It, but it... It was, it was there. Like, that's what, that's what led me here. I... Meredith puts their hand on their shoulder. It's okay. I'm not lying. No, it's okay. Jaws! Mare! Over here! (laughs) Confused by this, (laughs) Meredith looks over. You look look to... um, Approaching from the other end of the graveyard, you can see Gethin and Mary. Uh, I made... I made a mistake last episode. And forgot to mention that Mary is a half elf. Oops. <laughs> but anyway, you see, 
You see Gethin waving excitedly at the two of you. Yeah, I walk over. Did he call us Jazz and Mare? Is he giving us nicknames now? Meredith just walks over without saying anything. Mare, Mare, good to see you. Is it alright if I call you Mare? Oh, he's thinking. Oh, he's thinking Mary, but we've already got a Mary, so Mare for now. I'll workshop it. Uh... And Jazz, you're Jazz now. Congrats. Oh, thanks. Jazz. Jazz. So anyway, we hear about a dog. Yes, yes. Have you seen it? Not yet, we haven't, but there has been a... We've heard tell of a dog. Tell me more. Right, well... There was a... There was a dog attack during the night. It bit someone. And uh, here's the interesting thing. It was dead before and after the attack. Like the horse? Like the horse, yeah. No, I'm not sure if it's your your dog. I hope it's not your dog. What kind of dog was it? Oh, I don't know. I'm about to go find out. You do want to come with? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I- actually, I've got some um, t- tinkering to do, uh, but I'll-, I'll quickly bring all the equipment with me. Uh, I've created these things to help us catch this dog. Oh, cool. Um, this dog's dead, though. Not sure it'll help with the dead dog. Oh, right. Yeah. No, because dead dogs don't walk about, do they? I mean, usually not, but this one did a lot last night. Well, you know, I've, I've been working on this all night, so it, it might help. All right, all right. Yeah, bring it over. What what time was it yesterday? Sometime during the night. I'm, I, no, I, I mean the horse. What time horse? was it? Late afternoon. Late Early after- evening. Late afternoon. Are you making notes? Just so I know for later. Good idea. It's like an investigation. You're right, it is an investigation. And we're the t- we and we we're the detectives. Yes. Now, uh, are we going to look for my dog now? Yeah, yeah, right. Let's go. Let's go find that dog. Uh, Where are we going? Jasper is going to run back and grab the stuff. Okay. Uh, Gethin tells you that you're going to this dog. This dog attack happened on the outskirts of the city. He tells you where it is. Okay. Before you leave the graveyard, Gethin goes and talks to the other two knights for a moment. You see as he approaches them, he's actually wearing uh, the same armor as them today. He is wearing plate armor, and he also has a longsword at his side. Mary is wearing chainmail. It's, it's, it's rather unusual to see people actually wearing armor around the city. Usually you only wear armor if you're a knight, or perhaps a guard sometimes. Um, can I hear what they're saying? Uh, roll perception. Okay. Natural one. You don't hear a thing. Mary's kind of fidgeting, and the noise his chainmail is making is just distracting you. <sighs> you are right, Meredith? I'm okay. I just want my dog. Things are not looking great. It's like Meredith wants to say more, but then decides not to. Mary looks like he's also about to say something, but does not. 
So, who are those two? Oh, that's, um... He points to one of them, the dwarf. He's got auburn hair, and his beard is in, is in a very intricate braid. Uh, that's Sir Thaldar Flintmane. Um, and that, he points to the other one, which is a female halfling with, with pale skin and short, reddish-pink hair. That's Sir Poppy Cotton. And they're knights? Yeah, yeah, they're knights. Uh, Gethin knows them quite well. So what are they doing at the graveyard? They've, they're investigating what happened to Gethin yesterday with, with the lights he saw. Ah. Can you hear anything? What? Can you hear their conversation? Um, not really from here. <laughs> Meredith walks over. <laughs> to the knights? Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, and this is Mare. Mare, come here, come here, come here. Mare, meet Sir Thaldar Flintmane and Sir Poppy Cotton. Sir, Sir Poppy kind of waves at you. Hi. Hello. I'm Meredith. I'm looking for my dog. You're I'm gonna take Mare to go see about that dog we heard about last gonna take them to go see it. They helped me yesterday. Pretty sure they kinda saved my life. Not sure, really. And Poppy says, Ooh Well thanks. If you say Gethin's life, then you're a friend of ours. Have to say that. And the dwarf says, Absolutely <laughs> A friend of Gethin's is a friend of ours Um have you seen my dog? I'm looking for a deer hound. It's very important. I have not seen any dogs. Um, well, if you see one, could you please tell me? Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, Thaldar's a bit weird, but you get used to him. Um, what are you guys discussing? Oh, we're investigating what happened to Gethin yesterday. I see. And any conclusions? Well, no, not really, not yet. We'll get there, though. Don't you worry. All right, come on now, Mare. we got to get going. Got to go find that dog and meet up with Jasper again. Yes. It takes about 45 minutes to get to this place, and you eventually arrive at a small, one-story building on the outskirts of the city. Out here, the houses aren't clustered together, so there's a very spacious yard outside the house, you see a man and a young boy are throwing logs onto a bonfire they're building. Gethin walks over and quickly makes conversation with the man, finds out what happens, and then you see the man point over to the side of the house, where there's something lying on the ground. It seems that the dog's body has been wrapped in a sheet. Gethin gestures to you, Meredith, to go take a look at it. Meredith walks over and uh, touches the sheet. That sure is a sheet. <laughs> um, and then slowly pulls it off the head. It is not your dog. It's a Rottweiler. Ah. Hmm. Hmm. Murder's trying, like, doing this, all these calculations in their head right now, trying to figure out how this all fits together. Whilst this is happening, uh you hear a cacophony of sound in the distance. Just horrid sounds of scraping metal. Murder slowly turns back in, like, I don't know, scared, I guess. Or, like, unease, yeah. 
and uh, Jasper is going to walk up, you see a massive cage behind him, about three times the size of him, that he is wheeling on wheels that aren't exactly straight. Uh, He has a box with vents on them, hanging from his shoulders, and uh, in his mouth is a very long wooden um, cylinder. Jasper? Hey, so, uh, I've got I've got the equipment with me. Uh, this should help us find the dog. What, what is this? Oh, this. Honestly, let me tell you. Okay, so, this is a cage, so we can, uh, you know, capture the dog. I didn't realise what the speci- specifications of the dog were, so, uh, I just imagined uh, a deer hound is the size of a deer, isn't it? Uh, well, uh, I guess, well, not really. Oh, well, it's uh, a big cage either way, you know, so, you, so we can wait, put, put it so in. Wait, so you want, you want to put my dog in that thing? Well, if your dog keeps running off, obviously we've got to, you know, keep it in check, so... And he bangs yeah, on but... the uh, the metal as uh, he makes a dent in it and panics a bit, trying to straighten it out. You know, we 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 need a uh, some somewhere to put it. You know, I'm pretty sure if I see my dog, then everything will be okay. Yeah, that's fine. But we much rather have something something to put it in, just in case it runs off again. And I know how to keep it here. And uh, he goes to the box that is hanging from his shoulders. So, uh, this is how we're going to attract the dog. And he opens the vents and you you smell this putrid smell of... You don't know exactly what it is, but it's just putrid. Gethin and Mary immediately slap their hands over their noses. Meredith does the same. Yeah, so I, I, I thought about, you know, all the smells that dogs like. So I put in some uh, wet dog hair, uh, a selection of meats, uh, some bones that I found. You know, there's a lot of bones around this city. <laughs> you hear a short burst of laughter and you look over to see Mary, who is laughing. Not not mean-spiritedly. He looks delighted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, you get it. So Jasper, Jasper. Oh. Jasper. Oh, do you want? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jasper closes Jasper. the vents. Sorry, the the ba- the baraclava sometimes masks the smell. No, Jasper. Whose bones did you put in there? I don't know. I found them down the back alleys. You just found some bones. Well, dogs like bones. Are they human bones? Oh, I don't know. Okay, I need to inspect this right now. <laughs> Jasper holds it up to you and opens the vents again. Meredith, as you come closer to this box, you can hear a faint squeaking. Uh, it seems like it might have been a mouse or a rat. Oh. Oh. Okay. Okay. Close that thing, please. Oh, okay, yeah. You look like you're about to faint. Oh, and oh, this, yes. this is what I'm most proud of. And uh, Jasper holds up the cylinder. It's a dog whistle. Meredith looks very curious now. Do you want me to give it a go? Uh, oh, I do. Oh, I want to see. Come on, <laughs> do it. Okay, okay. Go, Jazz. Ready? 
Okay, so I didn't get the right timbre for the dog, you know. It's not exactly a bark, but it should attract it, you know. That sounded like a duck. What? Oh, no, 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 no. It's definitely a dog. Mary is laughing again. Okay, maybe it's a duck. Maybe I maybe I picked up the wrong whistle. Um, Thank you, Jasper. Yeah, no worries. I, I hope this helps in some way. Well, let's hope it will. So it's not my dog. Um, is is the guy there anywhere? The the guy with the kid or whatever the owner. Yeah, of they're it? still. They are still building their bonfire. Okay, well, can I go to them mm-hmm. and um, ask them more about what happened? Okay, so you find out that it was uh, the guy's wife who was attacked during the night. Uh, she was bit. This dog used to be their family dog. It died the day before, and they they set it aside. They'd wrapped it up in the sheet, ready to be buried the next morning. However, it got up during the night. It started barking. She came downstairs to check on it. It bit her, and then it fell down dead. I go back to the the, the dog, mm-hmm. and I put my hand on, like, actually touching the dog now. Yeah. And do I hear anything? You do. You hear it barking, making general dog noises. It, it, everything seems normal. The whispers of bone seem normal. How I run back to the guy. Mm-hmm. How did the dog die? Died of old age. Old age. Meredith writes in their little notebook. And then I run over to the knight, so uh, Gethan. Uh, so what? So what, Gethan? Gethan. The Gethan. And Gethin, in, in. Get in. Oh, get in. Get in. <laughs> Sir get in. Get in, right. And we need to go back to the horse. Uh, I think the de- I think I think the horse has been burned already. That's what we're about to do here with the dog. Burn. Well, if we get rid of the body then it can't come back again, can it? Meredith looks into the distance in a like thinking that might have happened to their dog and is, like, really distressed right now. Mayor, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure your dog is fine. Um, can we ask how the horse died? Well, it was, it was, it was attacked by that dog, wasn't it? Oh. But this one wasn't. Well, this one was dead yesterday and all the way out here. Hmm... Meredith starts like kind of pacing up and down a bit, like in in thinking. Hmm. Are these uh, attacks happening a lot then? Well, there was only the ho- there was only the horse that was attacked by. Well, well, I suppose there was a dog attack here too. Question: What of the witch finder thing? What? You were saying that yesterday that there was a you had a device that could find the person. The witch find witch finder is a person. Wait, what? The witch Oh, no, the witch finder is a person who who looks for magic users. Oh, they're I'm... like a bounty hunter. And I th- I think I could find my dog. I- I'm I'm sure we can handle it. 
we we don't need anyone. Well, if things get too much worse, then we might need someone. No, right, right no, now, no, no. right now, we need to figure out what our next move is. We need to figure out how this is happening, why this is happening. Yep. Mayor, Mayor. Okay. Um, I'm guessing this is all happening in the night or evening. Right. Okay. Okay. I say we stay up. Okay. All night. Sure. We can do something until then, though. It's it's only morning right now. Hmm. Mary, any ideas? Um, I mean, we could research. We could go talk to any. Suddenly, stops himself. Great idea, Mary. Great idea. Oh, guys, let's go meet Ronnie. You can see Mary is looking a little bit distressed. Who is this? Ronnie, they're great. They spend practically all their time in the Temple of Ogma, just reading books. They know so they're they're a history buff. They're a history buff. And they know so much. We should go ask them. Okay. No objections. I mean, I don't think they're gonna let me in with this and I shake the box. No, no, I I suppose they would. Mary looks nervously at the two of you and then signs something to Gethin. Gethin signs something back and then pats Mary on the back, reassuringly. Mary does not look reassured. Are you okay? I'm I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. You don't look very fine. I'm I'm fine. I look at Meredith um, Hmm? quite concerned. Well, if we can find my dog, then I am willing to take the risk. There's, there's no ri- what, researching? There's no risk with researching. Ronnie's not gonna hurt you. Off we go. So, did you say, uh, Ronnie? Yeah, Ronnie. Oh, okay. Why? No, no, I, I thought you said someone else then. Never mind, let's go. You're led back into the city, and for a time, you think you're heading back to the castle, but then you pass parallel to its walls and arrive at the Temple of Ogma. You both know a little bit about Ogma. He's the god of inspiration, invention, and knowledge, and strongly values these things. This is why the temple resembles a large library. Just before you enter, Gethin turns to Mary and says, Alright, how about this? Mary? Jazz? You two stay out here? Keep each other company? Me and Mary will go inside and meet Ronnie. Uh, yeah. that That's fine. And I... Turn to Mary. You uh, got any hobbies or? As you enter the library, you see that acolytes and worshippers are huddled over desks covered in books, maps, and scrolls, all completely absorbed in what they're doing. Gethin heads over to an acolyte and asks where Ronnie is. He is directed to the usual spot, so he leads you upstairs. You see three people sitting at a large table that's covered in rather heavy-looking books. One of the people at the table is the gnome that you saw in the Great Hall yesterday, the one Gethin spoke to in sign language. They're reading a book aloud to another person at the table, a dark elf. The dark elf, or drow, is tall, they have dark grey skin, and are quite muscular. They're also Rian, which here means Asian. They're translating what the gnome is reading to the third person, who sits between them. This third person is probably the youngest of the three, whereas the other two are mid to late teens. This one would be about 16, maybe. Judging by their slightly pointed ears, 
they're likely not fully human. Perhaps they have some elven or gnomish blood in them. They have brown skin and dark curly hair that's styled into poofy fun buns. The drow is using sign language to communicate with them, but this person is not actually looking at the drow's hands. They have their hands over theirs and are instead feeling what they're signing. You realise that this is tactile signing and that this person is likely deaf-blind. The drow looks up as you approach and taps their knuckles on the table to gain the attention of the gnome. They stop reading and look up. Rani! Rani! Trellin! Herwen Jing! Guess who's here to see you? This is Mare. Mare, come say hi. Come say hi. Um, hello. I'm Meredith. Right, right. Okay, this here, this here. And he points to the drow. This is Herwen Jing. And this here, he points to the gnome. This is Trillin Allen Tostan Rontrix Bell. And this here, points to the one in the middle, is Rani. As he's talking, uh, Herwen Jing is translating all of this to Rani. Ronnie looks up excitedly and then stretches their hands out towards Gethin. Gethin moves towards and starts using tactile sign to, to say hi to them. Mare, Mare, come say hi, come say hi. Um, come here, come um, here. Yeah. And he takes your hands and oh, he, oh. He, puts them, he puts them in Ronnie's. And then he shows you how to fingerspell your name. Meredith's a bit, like, interested now. Yeah. Kind of like, mm. oh, okay, okay, let's, let's, let's do this. Ronnie takes their hands back from yours and starts signing something. And then He Wing Jing starts translating for them. To what do we owe the pleasure, Gethin? We're here on a li- little bit of a research mission. You see, there's been uh, dead things coming back to life briefly in the city. There was a dead horse yesterday and a dead dog last night. We were wondering if you, if you lot knew anything about that. Ronnie stands up and immediately heads deeper into the library. They walk with confidence, one hand trailing along the bookshelves. They stop in a rather secluded section of the library and start running their fingers over the spines of the books. They find what they're looking for after a moment and pull a book off the shelf. They hand it to Trillin, then hold their hands out towards Helwenjing and waits for them to translate what Trillin reads. Trillin flips through the book for a few moments before settling on a page and beginning to read out loud. Necromancy is a school of magic that manipulates the power of life and death. One of the most destructive forms of magic, often considered taboo even in societies that tolerate magic, draining the life from others, a most selfish and evil study, turning corpses into their own depraved puppets. Oh, here we go. It is said that necromancers were able to make corpses crawl out of their own graves and do their bidding. The goddesses of death, Freya and the Raven Queen, are poor and dead, they stop reading aloud and start scanning ahead. That's all it says. Wait, what? Can I have the book? Trillin hands it over to you. So what was that last line about Freya? The goddesses of death, Freya and the Raven Queen, abhor undead. Hmm. And then what's, what's after that? Mostly continues along those same lines. It does not stay on the topic for very long. It is a very brief description of necromancy. Ronnie starts signing again and Hoen Jing translates again. Most literature on magic was destroyed uh, when the magic ban was first instated. The things that weren't destroyed were heavily censored, so we're not likely to find more than this. So why do we have this? 
to teach of the dangers of necromancy and other magic. Do you think there's someone out there doing this? Possibly. Question. Is there a prison in this town, city? Well, yeah, there is. It's a small one, but yeah, we've we've got a jail. Are there magic users in there? No, no. We haven't had any cases of magic here in years. And the the cases that we have had, they've all been killed. Question. Are there any other big cities where there are prisons with magic users? Well, Kyvern's the biggest city in in Karlad, but we mean, when someone is convicted of using magic, then they get the death sentence. There's no, there's no point in keeping them around. It's too dangerous. So we. How how long does that take? From like from like arrest if, to death. Yeah. So if you find a magic user, do you just take them to prison and then later sentence them to death, or do you go straight to sentencing them to death? Well, you got you got to find out if they're actually huh. using magic first. You can't. We, we don't go around killing people, killing innocents. Question. Mm-hmm. So when's the last case you've had? Last case? Uh, three years ago. And what kind of magic user was that? Um, it, it, it was pretty dangerous. They, the magic just seemed to sort of burst out of them. Sometimes I'm not sure if they are really in full control. Question. So... Where does magic come from? God's Meredith, I don't know. So if gods do exist... You're, you're a follower of Freya, why? Exactly. Why are you asking? So does that mean that m- magic users can appear any time? Maybe. We don't know much about magic. Well, we've got a necromancer on the loose. Seems like we might. This is not very good. After Hu Jing translates that to Ronnie, Ronnie snorts. And Hu Jing and Trillin look a little amused as well. This is very, very bad. This is... True, this is very bad. But we can't tell it to everyone yet because then the city's going to fall into paranoia and then everyone's going to run around and, and scream and then it's going to get even worse. So we better not tell anyone and just keep it to ourselves, yes? Good idea, Mayor. Great. So, what's the plan? Right now? What is that? I'm not sure. And then, uh, yeah. Uh, try and contain it? Try and look for it? Oh, I don't know. Meredith turns over to the three other people. Mm-hmm. Have you seen a deer hound? Hu and Jing translates for Ronnie and says, I haven't seen anything. Well, and if, they all kind of chuckle a bit. If you see a deer hound, could you please let me know? We'll keep an eye out for you. Thank you. Right, off we go to find my dear hound. So Jasper, you and Mary are standing outside the temple a little awkwardly. Question. What um what do you do with uh Sir Geffen? I'm I'm his squire. Square. Squire. Right. Squire. Oh squire. Oh okay, squire. Right, okay. <laughs> what does a uh, Yeah, what... I, I... I, I help him. I help him put his armor on and um, carry his sword sometimes and uh, help out. Oh, okay. 
squire. It's quite a cool yeah, word. Yeah, it's, it's like <laughs> it's um, it's like a step down from knight. You've you've got page first, and you've got squire, and then and then you become a knight. Uh, I'm a few I'm a few years off that though. So uh, that's where you want to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you become a knight? Um. Well. It depends. Usually, it's people from noble families that they st- they start quite young and they they train under a knight as as a page or a squire, and then they 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 train for, for several years, and then eventually they might get knighted. Um, not not every not every knight is a, is a noble. Um, Gethin's not really. He's not technically a noble. He seems like the noble kind. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. Well, it. It's nice that, you know, you've got someone to talk to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Jasper? Yeah, yeah. Why do you keep your face hidden all the time? I have a, um, I have a, I have a skin condition. Oh. It's a, I'm very sensitive to light. Uh, even, even during the night, so... Don't ask me to take it off when the sun goes down, okay? <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, it, okay. I, I I can't show my face for too long, otherwise I uh, I I I crinkle in the uh, in the air. <clears throat> Make a deception check. A perception, perception, persuasion, deception, deception. Are you like a tabaxi where where some like where tabaxi? <laughs> like full moon when it hits full moon we're gonna have a disastrous time. When it tu- when it hits full moon he turns into a kitten. Aww. Yes, please. That is a twenty, not natural. Okay. Oh right, I I, I didn't realise I'll I'll make sure not to yeah. He blinks and his eyes go white. He speaks, and while it's still his voice, the accent is different. It's the same one you heard quite recently, in fact, coming from Werther. Protect this one. You must protect him. He blinks again, and his eyes go back to normal. I'll make sure not to ask you to, to do that. Uh, I... Um, what did... What just happened? Uh, huh? You had... You just spoke, then. You just said, protect this one. No, no, I didn't. Are you sure? You you went very pale, then. Like, wide eyes. Uh, I'm fairly sure. Okay. Um, right, okay. Uh, Jasper's sort of looking round, nervously. After a few more minutes, Gethin and Meredith exit the temple and meet back up with you, Jasper, and Mary. Oh, hey, so uh, what's the plan now? Not entirely sure. Oh. We've come across a dead end, it seems. Question. Mm-hmm. So, how long is magic banned? Oh, it was, it was, it was banned 57 years ago. So what happened with all the people? Um... Before it was banned, who used magic? They were killed. What, the whole town? Well, 
Well, anyone who who used magic was was killed. Yeah, I, I don't know. So <laughs> there are still magic users who don't use magic anymore and who still live in this town. S- s- excuse, excuse me. Not everyone used magic before the ban. So, what you went through every single house to find the magic users and then killed them. Well, yeah, a lot of magic users were well known. And you killed them. Please don't look at me in with that. <laughs> when when you say that, I I wasn't alive back then. I'm only twenty eight. So, ye, the the kingdom killed them. Mary pipes up. Well, yeah, there were um. Like Ethan said, there were a lot of well-known magic users. Like the there were there were families who could use magic. I, I, I've heard. And are these families still alive? No, no. Um, I remember there was one. There was one noble family, the Trahans, but they're all gone now. Um, people didn't have a reason to keep it secret back then. So, so why why was magic banned? Because it's evil and dangerous and cruel. Okay, so can we find some people who had friends before this happened who were magic users? Well, I suppose we could. All right, off the off the top of my head, out of the, all the knights and squires, we have. There's the Moriks. They're all elves, so a lot of them were around back then. There's our. Sir Saldar, he was in the graveyard earlier. Um, Mary pipes up. Oh, there's there's Cloxy, uh, the court physician. She she she's she's old. Yeah. What does she do? She's the court physician, like 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 a doctor. You also know that um, Melmere and Wilden are pretty old. They're a dwarf, and Wilden is a gnome, so. I want to speak to this this lady. To 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 Cloxy, Cloxy. Um, we we could, yeah, we could. Uh... Okay. He's kind of he's getting that nervous look on his face again. Who? Mary. And not Gethin. No, not Gethin. Cloxy, it is. All right, let's get you an audience with Cloxy. You are led back to the castle. As you climb the castle steps and approach the gate, the guards there seem like they're about to stop you, Jasper. Then Mary steps forward and says, No, it's okay. He's allowed in. At that, they let you enter with no issue. You're led down a different corridor to the one you were last time you were in the, you were in the castle. And you arrive at a... A large wooden door with a kind of low, a kind of low door frame, and Gethin knocks rather loudly. You hear what sounds like a bunch of pots might have been knocked over behind the door, and then you hear someone shuffling over towards it, and the door opens, and in in the doorway you see Cloxy. She's a gnome. She's very short and very round. She has a voluminous shock of wavy grey hair and bushy eyebrows to match. 
So what are you all staring at then? Are you going to come in? <laughs> we we all just stand at the door, frozen. I think. <laughs> Clarksy, nice to see you again. And Gethin pushes him past her. Oh, well, it's been about time you came back to see me. Do you two enter? Yes. You notice that Mary does not. He has stayed behind the door, out of sight of Cloxy. Jasper's sort of frozen in place. Not sure what to do. Mary has his head down and he's fidgeting with his hands. Giles, come on in. Uh, yeah, okay. And I look back at Mary and give him sort of a, are you okay look? He gives a small nod. I shuffle in after that. The inside of this room is packed. There are there are books everywhere. There's there's plants hanging from every inch of the ceiling. There's all this almost an alchemical setup. There's there's a there's a there there are a dozen different mortar and pestles on one table alone. There are medicine bottles lining the walls. It's it's a lot. So, to what do I owe the pleasure? Um, hi, hello, H- hello, Miss, Miss. Um, my my name is M- Meredith. And why um, are you bothering me? I'm looking for my dog. Have you seen it? Well, what's that got to do with me? I just stay here all the time. Go look for it. Don't come bothering an old woman. Do you know anything about necromancy? Hmm. Interesting. Why? What are you suggesting? The city is under attack. Is it now? Yes. From what? Necromancers? Undead creatures. Such as? Any animal sort of animal. We've got a dead horse and a dead dog. Well, isn't that just fascinating? So you've come to ask me about necromancy, well. Can't say I've ever studied it. Never Um, really seen it up close. But you've... You're old enough to... Oh, thank you. Yes, I'm old, I know. To have experienced magic. I do remember it, yes. Could you share your knowledge, please? I know that magic was a lot more than what anyone these days thinks it was. It could be used for much more than just destruction and bringing corpses back to life. It could be used to heal. But no, no one wants to remember that. But yes, magic was very dangerous. As for necromancers, I've heard it wasn't just making the dead dance. They could resurrect people, actually bring them back to life, restore life to someone. Are there people like that still alive? Oh, I don't know. I just stay here all the time. I never get out. I never meet anyone. Why? I have a job to do. What do you do? She looks at Gethin. You've brought them here, and they don't even know who I am. I'm the court physician. Uh, excuse me. And Jasper saw shuffles forward. 
You said something about people able to be revived by necromancers. Well, I don't know if it was necromancers so much that did that, but I've heard it was possible. And um, when they were brought back to life, were they the same or just walking corpses? I don't know so much about this topic. I never saw a resurrection up close. But you've seen the results of one? No. Oh. I hear stories. Could you tell me about them? You know, it's strictly prohibited to talk about magic. No, I know, but we're behind closed doors and... You ask too much. Kethan, he asks too much. Then why are we even here? But miss, we're under attack. This is a death situation. Life-death situation. Has anyone died? Because I haven't seen any bodies yet. That's because they've been burnt. There's a giant horse. And a Rottweiler. Oh no, a horse and a dog. Oh, how terrible. What? Listen, I am a physician to people, not animals. What if this happens to people? Hey, now that's not fair. Animals have just as much right as people. If people look down on animals, you know, then what's what's the point? Just because it's a horse and a dog doesn't mean they're any less than a person. My dog is the most loyal companion I've ever had. Exactly. Listen, I can't help you much more than I already have. Gavin, you're free to come visit me any time. I do enjoy your presence. To the best of you, I have work. Please be gone. Meredith turns around and leaves. Come on, Jaws. Come on. Jasper leaves as well. Jasper, you arrive home in the afternoon to find that, once again, you disappeared without telling Werta where you went. Oh, every single time. Okay. Um, Jasper just is, is apologising profusely. Like, like, just <laughs> basically kissing Werta's feet at this point. <laughs> Meredith, you arrive back at the temple to find that during the day, uh, Melmere and Wilden went to collect a cadaver, a corpse. Um, are they back? Oh yeah, yeah, they're back. They have the body down in the basement of the temple, where the coroner works. And as you've learned, Wilden is the coroner. Can I go check it out? You may. Yas. Most people aren't allowed down in the basement, but because you are an acolyte, you are, you are allowed. Woo. What do I experience? <laughs> you meet Wilden. You meet Wilden. He is uh, working on this body. Wilden is a gnome. He has a set of very impressive sideburns. You, you've met him briefly before, so he welcomes you down. Meredith! Yes? How can I help? Um, I've heard you had a corpse down here. True, true. This, this fella here. Um, what happened? Just old age. Old age. You can see the body, uh, human man, quite old. Um, 
Can I ask for something? Mm-hmm. I'm a grave digger, and I'm used to being there when they go through the journey. And I was just wondering if for tonight I could stay by this body. If, if you want to. I've no complaints, yeah. Thank you. Um, can I see the body? It is laid out on a slab in front of you. What can I see? You see an old man. Do I hear anything? You do. Oh, God. <laughs> From what you can tell, this man was a farmer in life. You hear him talking to his family, telling someone to go milk the cow. Normal things. Daydreaming is not going to put food on the table, boy. So, Meredith, are you settling in well here? Oh, I haven't seen him in years. Yes, everyone is very nice. Thank you. Oh, no, that's good. That's good. No, 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 it's not me. Oh, too many years. We, we do what we can to make people feel welcome here. I definitely feel welcome. Thank you. Oh, good, good, good. I work and I slave all day long, and for what? I'm still looking for my dog, though. Yeah, yeah. A plate of cold pork. Um, you said you were a grave digger. Yes. And perhaps we can offer you some work while you stay here. Bring the logs in. I mean, this this poor fellow here, he's going to need a grave. Dog is ill. Oh, yes, I can of course do that. Thank you. We appreciate it. Appreciate it. Is that a bore? Meredith's like nodding like a little bow, kind of. <laughs> yes, yes. I know. Get the children inside. Have you ever done any coroner work before? Um, no, not yet. Are you interested in watching me work? Yes, I'd like that. We don't talk about magic in this household. Meredith's just like looking in like expectantly <laughs> with like a smile, I guess. <laughs> it's not exactly for the faint of hearted. A lot of people get a bit squeamish about this kind of job, but uh, I, it's, it's good work and I feel satisfied doing it. Helping people on their journey. The body sits up. <laughs> Meredith's like, look, can, 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 he, can he see it? Wilden looks at this, screams, and falls backwards, scrambling towards the wall. It's okay. It's, it's, it's okay. I've, I've, I've got this. The corpse turns towards you <laughs> and throws out an arm at you. Throws an arm. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't take its arm off and throw it. Back. I mean, I mean, it swings at you with its arm. And that is why I wanted to stay with the body. Yes, things are happening, and there's no necromancer. Bother. <laughs> Where is he? Yeah, need a hand. <laughs> That's a ten to hit. Armor class. Nope. Yeah, no. You throw yourself backwards out of the way and miss miss it completely. It starts staggering to its feet, st- uh, walking towards you. You can tell the rigor mortis has kind of already set, set in, so its movements seem very stiff. <laughs> That's a really funny image. That this man can't bend his knees, so he's just walking. <laughs> what is this? What is this? Panic. What are you doing? Um, okay, so I ready my staff because I've got a staff, <laughs> and I'm going to um, 
be like, stay back. You're going to keep it a, a, away from your yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. So you kind of you kind of stick this staff. It's a right, long staff. It, I know. Yeah, it's a long staff. You kind of stick the staff where its sternum is and just push and try and keep it away. I wanted to make a strength check. Okay. Fourteen. It rolled a twelve. You're, <laughs> you're able to keep it at bay, but it scrabbles its arms towards you, trying to rake its nails down your face. You should not be here. You should be dead. And with that, almost as if it heard you, it slumps to one side, dead again. Oh my god. Wilden, Wilden looks up at you, and he says... We need to call a witch finder. <laughs>